False Bottom Girls guides listeners through the wonderful, yet sometimes confusing, world of beer. Hi, my name is Rachel Hudson, and I'm the co-owner and head brewer of Pilot Brewing Company in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'm also an advanced Cicerone. Hi, I'm Jen Blair. I'm the Beer Quality and Education Manager for Orpheus Brewing in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am also an advanced Cicerone, and welcome to our podcast. Happy New Year! Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, everybody. And Rachel, even though when we're recording this, it is not yet the new year, but it will be. It will be. Christmas Um, hasn't even happened yet. Time. But it's about to. Yes. So we decided uh, for this, our first episode of 2022, assuming, um, and this is a, has turned out to be like a, not as much of a foolproof assumption as you would have thought, but let's assume that the world doesn't end in the next like 10 days. Uh, but let's, so let's, let's just take a big leap here, Rachel, and say that we've all made it to 2022. <laughs> I'm all vaxxed. I'm vaxxed up. So I should make it unless, Good. unless different tragedy happens, which it will right. not. Sure. So we started this episode off on a real weird foot, but we're going to, <laughs> <laughs> so I was just sharing a story with Rachel that, that got me all irritated all over. Yeah. And now I'm just like, fuck the new year. I know me too, but, <laughs> but anyways, we're, yes. we're but, over that. Know, we uh, strive to be candid and transparent on this show. So we decided to do kind of a year in review for 2021 and talk a little bit about what we hope 2022 looks like for ourselves, for the beer industry, um, probably for the world as a whole. So that being said, I feel like I'll throw a trigger warning at the beginning of this um, before we get into it, if we're talking about the last year in the beer industry, um, it's it a might, it, yeah, it might be upsetting or triggering for some people so this if that is you i get it totally fine this may not be the episode uh for you maybe just skip it if it's you know if it's something that may may make you upset or stressed out um so yeah with that um how's it going rachel it's good it's good Today's I will one. also add that I was about to, sorry, I asked you that yes. and then I interrupted you, but I will also add that I don't think either Rachel or I is in the sunniest of moods. <laughs> that was an accurate statement for today. Well, today's one of those days that kind of just started out going downhill. Right. So I just kind of, just kind of given up on it, but I mean, man, this last year has been super rough and it's not been fun and it's really made me mad. And why, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, seriously, <laughs> what makes me even more mad is just like, I don't know, just the fact that most people just can't be decent. It's not that hard to just like mind your own business, be decent. Let's just like, everyone needs to calm the fuck down, you know? And I know it makes me mad when people tell me to calm down, but everyone just needs to calm down. Right. And just get along and just stop being a stupid like you know everything that's going on with the sexual allegations and all this stuff in the beer industry that we've been dealing with like I had uh, you know I find myself people ask me like they'll like email me all the time hey do you have any like resources or whatever because of this toolkit we put together and all Mm -hmm. this and it's like yeah here's a link that I've shared 
multiple times in many different scenarios, but here you go. And I always respond to these emails with the subject line being like resources on how not to be a piece of shit, because literally that is all we're fucking talking about. And you just, the story that you just shared with me, you know, solidifies that. And, and, you know, just for reference to our listeners, the story that she just shared with me is not a new one. It's a woman in the beer industry being treated unfairly. And it just sucks because like, because of all the obvious reasons, but. Right. And that's, I think that you make a, a very, very good point um, because this, I don't understand where the pushback is and where the hesitancy is because yes, like Rachel said, what has been happening and really in the world at large over the past couple of years is, and you know, really with like with the pandemic of people not being able to just move on to the next thing or like, you know, being able to just brush something off is people just asking to not be treated like shit. And nobody's asking for anything above, please just treat me equally. And it doesn't really seem like it should be as hard as it is. Seriously. It doesn't seem like it should continue to be as hard as it is. Like it's, I, I don't know about you, Rachel. I have moved throughout my day and throughout my week, throughout my month without sexually assaulting anybody. <laughs> I, yeah. you know, I don't, yeah, I've done a pretty good job of not doing that this past year. <laughs> yeah. I don't misread situations and shove my hands down someone's pants at a beer festival, which is something that recently happened um, in Chicago. Like I, I look around most rooms and I don't see people sexually harassing or assaulting, you know, like we somehow we all make it work. Um, And yeah. I'm also tired of the cis white male getting offended when groups of women come together to unite or stand up or, or act, you know, in their set you know quote unquote to them like with a sense of privilege almost and it's like no you have nothing to fucking worry about as a cis white male you've never been oppressed and i'm tired of you know like of some sort of concept of oh maybe we're focusing too much on women and now not getting they're not getting treated fairly and it's like shut the fuck up like i can't stand it when someone sorry i'm getting heated didn't hate it but just like, <laughs> you know, you go to all this work, like, I, you know, just for example, just doing everything that has been brought to my attention, doing what I should be doing as a good person and as a brewery that stands up for what's right, which is hard because I can't, you know, I can sit here and talk the talk all day long, but that's not me. I have to walk this talk and that's what people should be doing in general. But when you have to ex- explain yourself why you're doing what you're doing, is the most infuriating part to me. Right. Yeah. And I, um, I agree with you about all of that. And I think that there are times and there are even times, you know, when Rachel, you and I have, have talked or had discussions and I've, I've come away from those being better, knowing better, or like looking, you know, like researching something and learning like, oh, okay, so I shouldn't like this, 
you know, when I did X, I should have done Y. And now that yeah. I know that I will move forward and I won't do it again, or I won't say it again. And that's really what everybody is asking for. Is it is like, hard you don't, to do You that. don't have to be right all of the yeah. time. And you don't, the, you know, the learning comes from when somebody has said, hey, this is something that you did or said in the past. This is how it affected me in a negative way. You take that information, you process it, and you move forward from it. And, you know, you don't, we don't stay static in, in our beliefs or in the way that we do things. And so when you know better, you do better. And it's going to be uncomfortable for people who are, have always been in places of privilege. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, giving that up or acknowledging even that it exists doesn't mean that you haven't worked for what you have or whatever. Nobody is saying that, right? But yeah. you, you do need to acknowledge that like, okay, this is uncomfortable to hear that I made somebody feel this way, but I can use this discomfort and figure out how not to do it again. And that's hard for everybody. It is. It's hard Welcome to come to, to that humans. realization. It's hard to realize that the world is not about you. Right. I mean, there's a point in your life where you grow up where you just realize that, and that might happen to really young age for some people. And it might not happen to adulthood. Um, I mean, I don't want to get too <laughs> jump too far off subjects reflection, make this a therapy session, but like, <laughs> I, like my relationship with my mom is the perfect example of me even being stubborn um, because like she's my mom and my mom raised me this very certain way, which is good in a good way, which in a way that she does not really practice anymore. So it's very hard for me to um, sometimes bite the bullet and try to have a relationship with her because I'm like, no, I demand better from you because you're my mother. We right. Must so if it were other people who I don't care about, I could just be like, I don't give a fuck. Like, like right. if you don't give a fuck, I don't give a fuck. And that's not good of me either. Like it takes a special type of person. I have a friend in Richmond who's very good at doing this almost to an annoying point um, for me because he does it over text. And it's hard for me to like respond to such deep conversations over text, especially in the middle of a brew day. But like, right. He's so good at, at talking to someone and trying to understanding their point and trying to, and, and he's, he, his views are very much like yours and mine. And um, just trying to talk to that, you know, Trump supporter or non-vaccine person who doesn't care or just in understanding and actually making points in a way that will change their mind where I do not have the patience for that anymore. I might've at one point, but I've just realized that I rather just focus my resources on doing on, on with people who want to do better instead of trying to change the world because I know I can't do that right and I don't want to do that <laughs> I just right well that's a fault that's, of mine for sure but I'm okay with it right now <laughs> I agree with you on a lot of that and I know that I I shared this and I, I won't name names or anything but I had shared this with Rachel as it was happening that um, there was a group, like a beer enthusiast group on Facebook, I was a part of, and the admin is somebody who I, I know through social media, but like we've, we've worked together on, on a few things. Um, but there's, you know, there's a lot of memes and stuff that get shared on this page. And it's a very 
I've always seen it to be a really positive place. You know, the memes are funny and they're luckily there weren't a lot of like henpeck husband kind of memes that you see and hear a lot in the homebrew world. Uh, which side note, if everybody wants to make the homebrew industry better, just stop with the fucking like, don't tell my wife and yeah. all of that bullshit. Just stop with it. Just stop with it. Immediately, the homebrewing industry gets better. Anyway, there was one day on this page that there was something that was, it was a meme and it was super sexist and, um, you know, was ex like extremely sexist, specifically against women who are influencers, who are beer influencers. And I saw it and like, it was enough that it, it really surprised me that, that this admin had shared it. And this was one of those things that myself being uncomfortable with confrontation, um, you know, I, I really don't like doing that. And I'm definitely one of those people who thinks that everyone is mad at them all the time. If you, you know, don't respond to my text, I'm wondering why you hate me. Or if I get a, a call from a, or an email from a boss that's like, hey, let's talk. I'm like, why am I getting fired? <laughs> so I like, I don't like that. But this, you know, I was like, okay, this is one of these things that I also encourage people to do all the time. I need to do it myself. And I sent him a DM and said, hey, you know, I was really surprised to see that you shared this really sexist meme because you've created this very positive atmosphere in this group. So this seems really off. And I would really appreciate it if you took it down. And his response started with respectfully, which is bless your heart in a nicer way, which is also or I guess the more formal bless your heart, which is like, fuck right off. Yeah. Starts with respectfully. Um, I don't, I think women who act like that are um, shameful, or I think it's shameful and embarrassing. Um, and I don't approve of women acting like that. Uh, at taking pictures with a beer? Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure we're on the yeah. same page. <laughs> yeah. Taking pictures. I don't, or he said, I don't think women who take pictures like that are like, I think it's shameful. And um, I, like I said, I remember sending it to you because I got the response and was like, what the fuck? Like, what, what do I even do here? And I just responded and said, like, I'm really sorry to hear that you feel that way because it's not up to you to decide how people share beer and like, or like share their enthusiasm for beer. And, you know, we'll have to do an episode with some beer influencers sometime yeah. because I, as in my former role, like I was the one who would curate the relationships with influencers and had to have a couple of conversations with leadership who, you know, were like influencers and it's like, go fuck yourself. They provide a very valuable service. So 2022, this is one of the conversations we'll have with our community. But, you know, I was like, this really isn't up to you how how people show their enthusiasm for beer and there's not a right way left the group i was like okay this is you know now i know better i'm going to do better i said you this is something you did that really surprised me that i don't like to see and i just want to let you know and you know and it, it was very like very nice just hey i'm reaching out because i consider you a friend and i find this to be, you know, not how yeah. I, I thought that things were. 
and I left the group and then like I slept on it and woke up and was like I don't need to be friends with this person I mean everybody has people on you know on social media who they're friends with out of some sense of an obligation right like yeah my extended family like that like that kind of thing or like people who are maybe in the industry who I'm like I I will keep you around yeah right but I woke up and was just like I don't need to have this person in my life I you know I I said here's something you did that made me uncomfortable and I really did not like your response yeah and so I don't have to have you in my, yeah. in my social media life even anymore. And just kind of like, I quietly left the group quietly unfriended them. And, you know, it was like, okay. And you probably forgot about them real quickly too. That's cause... that. Um, which yes, is not exactly related to our podcast. So if you're still listening, thank you, <laughs> um, for, for, um, I guess listening in on this little e- or, uh, therapy session with we Rachel did, and I, we did some cool things this past year though. We did some really cool things. We had some and, cool stuff happen. Yeah. And I think that uh, I know for me also with the um, kind of the hiatus we took when we were studying for our master exam, which is a big thing that we'll get to. Um, but now like I, you know, I've kind of come back refreshed where like I'm sending Rachel text messages to be like, we're going to interview this person. We're going to talk about this topic. And she's like, we're going to interview this person and we're going to talk about this topic. <laughs> So we have all of these ideas that I'm like, man, once we write all of these down, like we've got programming on lock for, for 2022 because we have all of these, like, we want to talk about this topic and we want to tackle this topic and we want to talk to this person. Um, but yeah, we did. And we've, we've talked about some of the things that we've accomplished, but this year we really did do a lot this year. Yeah. We went to C- well, we went to CBC. Mm-hmm. But not as false bottom girls. What what would we well, do? I did. That, I that's true. You girls. went as false bottom. Oh, and we had our presentation. That was one of our goals. Mm-hmm. At, we at presented the, at the beer and culture summit. Got, yeah, and that was cool. We took our master. We both failed our master, so we're both going to take it again next year. Right. Although <laughs> but, you know what, I will say, and, and I'm maybe, proud of us. I was about master. to say, I I wouldn't say that we failed. We yeah, didn't no, we pass. definitely didn't fail. I was happy. So like, my goal was seventy which I made after I took the test, knowing how well I did. I knew exactly where I needed to go up on and, and, and you know, not go down, obviously. But I, know, I knew what I needed to do better on. And all my feedback was like very spot on. So, so when Chris calls me, he's like, I feel like you want to skip the pleasantries and get right to it. I'm like, yeah, dude. But I knew, I like 99% knew that I was not going to pass. Like I did not even get myself hyped up. But I was like, if I don't, if I get below a 70, my day is going to be ruined. Like that was my mentality. (laughs) So he's like, okay, so you got a 70 and I'm like waiting. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Just a 70. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I was super happy about it. And you know, one of the, he, you know, we, I got my feedback. Some was great. Some was not. So I did really well on one of my oral panels. Um, I I got a hundred percent, which is like, when he told that me that amazing. Yeah. Yeah. One oral, because you know, they want to find something to like, yes, not make right. it perfect. And two, I was like, I don't even remember that. Oral. <laughs> right. Like, like I just like was one of those, I guess I did do well, or I, I think really in my mind, I was like, I knew like 95% of what I was supposed to know. And there was just a couple things that I just like, I knew I was saying this word wrong, but 
you know, like, but I guess I just, I guess I got it right. And then, you know, one other person who gave an oral told me I'd make a really great master sister in one day, even so, even though I didn't pass, like all that stuff was super exciting to hear. Mm -hmm. And they do send you like specific feedback about each question that I, to be honest, I haven't even dived into yet. I've just, it's like one of those things, like I don't, don't really want to look at it right now. I read through it and yeah. And then put that like in my to-do pile to go back and like read through it and probably, you know, one great thing that I know I have not been good at taking advantage of, but Cicerone does make themselves very available to you when you get yeah. your exam feedback um, to walk you through and kind of talk through yeah. what your feedback is. Um, but I will say having taken the advanced and obviously the certified before that, that the one of the things that Cicerone was improving upon this year was improving the quality of their feedback to yes. examinees. So it wasn't quite so much, you know, I, because I've gotten feedback before this, like your score. And then it says like, good job. And it's like, yeah, but that's not, it's not a hundred. So what, where was yeah. the improvement? And this feedback that we got, I was like, okay, I now yeah. I have a very solid understanding with most of it on like, here's what I did. Here's where I could do better next time where I haven't felt that way with past exam. That's one of the things that Cicerone this year in response to the industry and the community saying you need, like, yeah. this is how you can be more inclusive is giving better feedback so people yeah. understand what they can do. Uh, so that was nice. That was nice that was, to see. Yeah. And clearly, I mean, we haven't taken the master before. So maybe that's the kind of feedback you get um, on all master exams and they're just expanding that to the other levels. I'm not sure, but um, you know, that was something that the the program was trying to improve upon this year, which I think is really great. That's awesome to see. So yeah, we do you want to share what you got? It's okay if you don't, but I'm just really proud of you. <laughs> um, sure. So on mine, I got an 80. Woo! And just remember, you have to have 85 to pass. So this is, this is good. This is really close. Yes. And I had two two of my essays that were absolutely the reason why I did not pass. Yeah. And the, even getting the feedback back, I think that's probably also why I haven't really dug too deep into it because I still have a super bruised ego over those scores, which are entirely my fault. Like that, is, I'm not saying that like somebody was too hard on me. I am saying no, that they're fair. I am embarrassed yeah. that anybody had to read that I wrote those as answers. And so I just kind of like push it over yeah. the side <laughs> until I feel like my ego can handle it, which also sucks because like, on all of my other scores, they were all almost, almost all of them were very high and like the tasting was very high. So, you know, it's like, these are obviously two things that were kind of aberrations mm -hmm. in the rest of how I did. So I shouldn't really get so focused on those when everything else was like really good. Um, but yeah, even when they called with the results, uh, Chris Pisney was like, yeah, these two scores are why you didn't pass <laughs> this time. Um, and yeah, there was another one of our questions um, where I knew when I left, I had gotten like one component of the my answer incorrect. And when he called with like with that specific question, I got a 96. And he said it would have been a perfect score, except you like you named this ingredient from an incorrect region. And I was like, I know that that has haunted my dreams for the past six <laughs> weeks that I like that I did that. Um, but yeah, it was, 
really good, you know, good quality feedback. And like we talked about in kind of our recap episode, there was a moment during one of the orals where I was like, I do know this. Like I, I know about yeah. beer. Um, I obviously don't know about keeping and serving all that well, <laughs> but, but, you know, like realizing like, oh, right. I, I do know this. I am qualified to be here. Like I, I am allowed to be in this space uh, yeah. because that's. Yeah. They did mention that all, all five of us, there's five of us that took it. Everyone did like, well, like they, they were impressed with how well everyone did. Everyone did honorably is the word he used, I think. And that made me feel good too. I don't think he would have said that. That wasn't true. Right. And I'm pretty sure I got the lowest score. So I'm not positive because there's one person I don't know about, but he seemed very smart. So I'm sure he did not get below <laughs> a 70, <laughs> but I'm okay with it. I, I was happy. I'm happy. I get to take it again with Jen next year. I wish you had passed. I wish I don't, but I'm happy I get to. And because I think we had fun in Chicago and it's really just another excuse to go hang out in Chicago. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, you know, beyond that, like we really did a lot this year. We got our website going. We had, we incorporated as an LLC and we started our Patreon and like, you know, doing all of the, the additional like bonus things that come with having a Patreon, like our monthly AMA our deep dive into styles, you know, that adds things to our plates. Um, But we really, as, as a podcast, as a team did a ton of really good stuff this year. And I know that um, Rachel and I both have heard from people individually and, you know, as like, as the podcast, as false bottom girls from people who have said, you know, this, the podcast or like these specific episodes or, this thing that you said, like really helped me, you know, pass my certified exam or prep for a Cicerone exam or prep for a BJCP exam, or, you know, like have a conversation with somebody about how I'm being treated or for a lot of people too. And this is what I love hearing is, you know, how we've been able to help people say out loud what it is that they want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. I, I want to be in the industry and I want to do this. And that's, you know, that, that is better than anything when, you know, like when we're able to, to hear that from people, um, because obviously accessibility is a, something that drives the two of us very strongly in this industry and making sure people know that they have access. And if somebody tries to tell you that they don't, they can fuck right off. And you can, you can tell them that Rachel and Jen told you right <laughs> off. Um, because you do have you access and you should have access and the industry will be better off for you being in it and that you can be in it on your own terms. Nothing would make me happier than for someone to say, Rachel and Jen said, I could tell you to fuck off. Right. Actually. Like, I, so I think, yes, yes. <laughs> for somebody to say that to somebody, I think the, like the cherry on top would be for that person to come to us and be like, what the hell? Like this person told me to fuck off. And we're like, yeah fuck off then. Or are you a piece of shit person? Yeah, right. <laughs> Take a look at yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we, got, we got to meet some of you this year, which was really fun. Yeah. That's always fun. Yeah. That was super cool. I really enjoyed that. And, and next, next year, we haven't really talked too much about our plans, but we do plan on being at CBC. Yeah. So we're planning to, uh, we'll be at CBC this year and we will um, hopefully have like a happy hour or 
something at CBC. Um, we still need to like kind of like flesh that out what that's yeah. going to look like. Um, and we're also planning to submit a proposal again for HomebrewCon. And yes. we have not decided on a topic yet. So if you are listening to this, this episode will come out while the proposal window is still open. If there's something that you would like to see the two of us present on, please send us your topic ideas, uh, which you can do it at, at any time for episodes, for you know, for whatever you need. Um, let us know. But we're looking at doing, you know, more of that presenting as False Bottom Girls this next year. Except what it's like to be female. We will not talk about that. No, we're not going to talk about <laughs> what it's like to be women in the unless you want to hear my sarcastic answers, then. Right. Leave that alone. Right. We will give sarcastic answers only to questions about that. It's just been Um, my new favorite thing to do. So, right. Which (laughs) is not at all to say that if, you know, you're experiencing something or you have, you know, something going on that you're looking for guidance on, you know, we will talk to you. That is always different. You're always available to you. But yes, we will not be on panels talking about what it's like to be women in the brewing industry. so yeah, that's that's been kind of our year. It's been a super weird one for me that did not turn out the way that I had anticipated. But um, you know, following the brand's post on Instagram and the like, the outpouring of stories people shared, I obviously resigned from my job at New Rom um, due to those the, those exact kind of you know systemic racism and sexism within that company. Doing that kind of work has taken up more of my time. When I say that kind of work, I mean, you know, being a resource to people, you know, being a mouthpiece for for people and just encouraging people within the industry to do the work. You know, like Rachel said, like, it's really easy to not be a dick to people. And that's, you know, also trying to temper that with, again, like what Rachel said, I'm not a search engine and I don't like for people who have been historically excluded to have to take on the work of teaching people who are not historically excluded how to treat them better. Uh, I think that that should, that's not where the onus should lie with that. And it's exhausting to have to continue to get requests on how people can treat you better. And it's, you know, a lot of the resources that I've learned, I learned by typing it into Google. If you can look up some, if you can look up how tall some celebrity was in the 1940s, you can figure out how to be a better ally. Seriously. Do you You guys think I was born knowing anything I know? Right. No. (laughs) It was shocking news. Spoiler alert. I wasn't. Right. And if you're asking people to provide you with that education, um, you need to pay them for it. You yeah. know, you don't expect for, you know, your employee to like head up the the diversity subcommittee you're forming suddenly because it's the one black employee who works for you and not pay them for it. Um, probably just don't do that at all. But, you know, if you're asking people to share their expertise and guidance, you should be prepared to pay for that and paying for it can be whatever. You know, I've had people buy me a couple of beers while we talk about some things. That's fine. That counts. I'm fine yeah. with that. Um, I, yeah, I'm not fine with, you know, getting DMs saying like, how do we get more females 
in our homebrew club when nobody has done any work. And also don't, don't ask me about females um, when you can say women. And that's another thing that drives me insane. If you're talking about women, say women. If you're talking about females, that can be any mammal that is capable of reproduction. Yes, um, my so dog, I have two dogs that are females. You have two female <laughs> dogs. Female is an adjective, it is not a noun. Woman is a noun. Um, so when somebody says like females, my response from now on is gonna be female what? Female human, then you can say woman. Yeah. Stop saying females. I hate it, it drives me insane. Um, but not to get too off topic with that, but you know, if what the level of how much I want to help people when they reach out depends on, can you tell me, you know, I, I looked here, here, and here, and this is what I found. Um, are these good resources? Am I missing something? Perfect. I am happy to help you. If I'm your first stop when your first stop should have been Google, no, figure it out. Yeah figure it out, make mistakes. Don't be so scared you're going to get something wrong that you do nothing at all and be willing to kind of live with the discomfort. If in fact you do say something that is like, somebody's like, hey, you know, got what you were going for, but uh, like you could fix that a little bit, then like understand. And I have like that, that happens to everybody that happens to me. I had posted something on social media a few weeks ago and one of my friends DM'd and was like, hey, I've I've learned recently that like this particular word is not great to use. And like here's a link to why. And it was like, okay, cool. Thank you for sharing that. And it's, you know, in the spirit of learning, here's yeah. like read this and decide if if you still want to to use language like this. And um that's that's totally fine. And I, you know, and I'm uh, fine with it. It's I'm like, I'm still not super you. jazzed for somebody to say like, Hey, maybe not say what you just said. And then it's like, okay, okay, cool. Like, I, I don't like hearing that just, you know, none of us like to have criticism, but it's like, I understand that you're doing this. This is coming from a place of like, yes. I also understand that you're going to hear what I'm saying and, you know, and, and like, think about it. I can't tell you how many times I've asked what this acronyms mean. You're always t texting me these acronyms and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what any of this means. Fun fact, I just text Rachel strings of letters. Yeah. And I have to ask, she's like, oh, it means this. It used to mean this, but this is a better reason why it means this. And I was like, I, I don't think I'm doing my part to know as much as I should. But you know what? That's the thing. Like that's, yeah, exactly. And that's information sharing. And I knew that because I asked somebody. And they sent me the, you know, a link yeah. and I read it and like, and now I know, and then I can share it with other people and you can share it with other people. So the, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful for 2022 that there's more of that and that more people from historically privileged positions understand that that's what people are asking them to do mm -hmm. is know better and do better. And if I, and I think that it's almost like if I reach out to you, if, if Jen Blair sends you a DM or an email or a text, or we have a conversation in person where I say, hey, in the spirit of learning, here's some resources based on, you know, like your actions or something you said, you should take that as a compliment. It means that you are worth my time. 
because yeah. there are people and you know and again this kind of ties back to like our social media conversation at the very beginning it's a very large part of why i resigned from my position at new realm was realizing that i am talking to people who do not care yeah i and i cannot continue to kill myself to try to make you care when you have shown me that you do not care so you know, and that's, and that's also how I approach it when somebody reaches out to me is you're reaching out to me because you care and because you want me to be a better version of myself or, you know, you care enough about me to understand that I'm going to be like, I'm not, I don't want to say I'm going to be receptive. So like, don't start like, well, actually me or anything like that. But if somebody reaches out to me and says, hey, maybe reconsider this or you know something like that, I will for the for like 90% of the time. I will listen. Who the person is. Right, exactly. Like <laughs> I will listen. And you know, and that's that's what I encourage everybody to understand is when people come to you and say, you know, this social media post you did is sexist don't come back at me of sorry if we offended you and also yeah. this post was written by a woman that doesn't matter that doesn't excuse poor sexist behavior and believe people yes like, that's the worst like people aren't taking time out of their mental load to come to you with a problem that they are making up right if they feel uncomfortable with a coworker. if someone is doing something that this doesn't just happen on a whim like this is something that's been building up and like only psychopaths would make stuff up like this and they're out there but this is not the common this person. is not that yes this exactly. is not that believe people if they're going and if you can't handle employees set up systems that can check out hashtag not me as a third-party hr system put people in positions of you know power that are inclusive that are if you can't do it just have someone else do it but don't not do it Right. Well, and I think that's a really good point also. And that that is one thing that reflecting on the year, I'm seeing a lot more breweries understand that, that there needs to be, you know, because we're, it's, it's all small businesses and that's fine. And you opened a brewery because you like brewing beer and nobody's expecting you to also, you know, be like super well-versed in like advocacy work. You know, hopefully you would be as an employer, you would want to be a good employer to your employees. But we all know that those that there are employers out there who don't care about that. And that's hopefully, you know, in, in the beer industry, hopefully that's starting to be more of a minority. But yeah, understanding where there's opportunities as a business for you to be better to your employees. And, you know, the flip side of that is if you don't care, then say you don't care. There yeah. are still going to be people out there who are going to buy your beer. You know, and like there are still going to be people who are going to work for you because they don't care either because yeah. the system you have in place benefits them. You'll have shitty beer and you'll have shitty people that work there, but if at least you know you don't care. <laughs> right, exactly. And that's, you know, one of the things that Rachel and I were talking about before we started this episode is that that is my advice to people is make it hard, make it hard for them. Yeah. And that was something that, you know, I was doing in my previous position of continuing to push and continuing to push because they knew deep down I'm talking to people who don't care. Yeah. And not only do they not care, a couple of them have extremely opposing views to like, hey, we shouldn't be racist and sexist. 
and you know like continuing to push to say like i'm going to keep doing this until you tell me you don't care and then i know and then i can make a decision based on that and i another thing that i think is great about this past year is i think more people are understanding as consumers how much power they have mm-hmm. and i know one of my friends was emailing breweries about brave noise to say hey i noticed you're not brewing it i really like your brewery you know, I'm, I am this target and I would like to see you brew it. And at least two of the breweries she emailed ended up brewing brave noise. And it might not have been solely because of her email, but I know at least one of them, uh, we were talking the other day and like, you could almost mark to the day, like, okay, well, if this was the release date, then this is probably when they brewed it. And when was your email? Oh, your email was like a couple of weeks before that, you know, and it makes a difference. And I've done that myself with breweries this year, um, you know, who are doing things like participating in the McKellar beer celebration and the breweries who I really cared about, I contacted directly and said, are you still going? What was the decision-making process around this? And, you know, all, I contacted three breweries and all three of them got back to me. And I have continuing conversations with two of those breweries about their, you know, their participation or the, them not participating and what they learned and how they're making changes. And, you know, I did that as, as a customer. And so I think that that's, it at least showed me and, you know, having those kinds of conversations um, was also part of why, like, I reached out to the social media friend to say, I'm, I'm really surprised that you posted this. And then, you know, in, in all of those cases, I got a response back and I don't have to like the response. Yeah. I'm not asking people to agree with me. I'm asking you to, did you think about it? Did you talk mm-hmm. about it? What is your reasoning for this? And like, I don't have to like it, but if you can say, yes, we, we did talk about it and this is what we decided, like, okay, that's, that's what I want to know. Um, so, you know, as consumers, we have more power than we think. And I, I think especially in an industry like the brewing industry where most of us, if you're listening to this, I'm guessing you probably um, you know, consume and go to craft breweries, mainly small businesses. And like Rachel, I think that I've, I've seen responses from you to customers and people like you take that seriously when the public reaches out to you that's that you take that uh, like getting back to them as a, as a very serious responsibility oh, yeah business owner yeah uh, and luckily we don't have a lot of pushback or things that are negative that we need to respond to quickly i think i've had maybe three to five negative comments the whole time i've been open and trust me those people or do not have reasonable mm-hmm. <laughs> experiences. So it's always, you always have those people who are not happy with something and that's okay. You know? Right, exactly. I once had a, uh, you know, recently we were meeting with marketing agencies to pick one to start working with. And, um, you know, you, you let them know about your brewery. And I was like, look, we are the brewery that does it right. We stand up for what's right. We walk the talk, we talk the talk <laughs> and we like, we bl- put people on blast. I was like, we don't antagonize people, but we stand up for what's right. And, you know, and I explained like our Ruth Bader Ginsburg beer and, you know, all of our liberal ways come out. And I was like, and this works for us. We know our customer. We're not worried about the customers that don't align with this. And, you know, 
and it works for us. And he's like, yeah, you're probably alienating like 95% of people out there. And I was like, who are you? You are clearly not the person to work for me. Yeah, exactly. You don't get it. (laughs) I was like, okay, conversation over. Right. And that's, um, that brings up another thing. Like one of my takeaways from this year is when you are getting those red flags, don't ignore them seriously and that's something again you know and me resigning from my job there was one point uh i think like in early march talking to a couple of my friends where i just was like and here's another thing and here's this other story and here's another thing and like saying it all out loud at once to people who hadn't heard it and yeah. like hear myself like hearing myself say these things where, you know, a lot of it was like, oh, here's this thing that happened this one day. And like a couple of weeks later, this happened and like saying it all out loud when I was done, like both of their reactions were kind of like silent for a moment. And then one of my friends was like, that's a lot of red flags. Yeah. And, you know, like hearing that, I was, I remember these, I remember all this. Yes. New realm. Yeah. Every week, every week you had a new story. And I remember being like, I don't think she should work there. <laughs> right. But and I yeah, like, it's like, having like a, that yeah, yeah. Having yeah. like a, you know, a toxic, it is a toxic relationship the same way. Yes. Like, you know, yeah, you, you have friends here just like, why is she with that person? And, <laughs> you know, but like, you don't want to be like, you should break up with them. Yeah. You uh, should quit your job very, look for a new one. And right. There are very real consequences <laughs> yeah. to not, um, you know, not, or I guess there are very real consequences to speaking up, but the, for me, the consequences for not speaking up were a lot greater. Yeah. Um, and that's not like that for everybody. And that's another thing that I know I learned this year is talking with people in the industry who say like, this is currently happening to me, but I also can't afford to leave like this, yes. like, you know, and that's, I hate that. I hate that so much because I, I remember being that person and not having like the financial strength to leave, the mental strength to leave. And I feel, I hate that now because like I'm my own boss. So clearly I don't have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to remember that some people are choose to deal with that because it's easier to keep their job. Right, right. And well, and like- that's something that, you know, from my, with me, like that's a huge privilege I have is being part of a dual income household. And exactly. like, it hasn't been exactly, easy, but I, it's I was been manageable. Be different. <laughs> right. And that's um, all of that to say that, you know, when there is a red flag, don't talk yourself out of that being a red flag. And that was also something um, in speaking with somebody recently that I told them about like leaving that position is it's not, you don't quit and it's over. Like you continue yeah. to have Uh, you know, when I was in a new position, I would ask things or like say things. And just the reaction was like, well, yeah, why wouldn't you be able to do that? And not like anybody was being disrespectful to me, but, you know, realizing like, oh, that's another, that was another fucked up thing that I, you were verbally abused at your last job and you were, well, right. Neural. And how do you heal from that? You don't until other people tell you like, oh, it's okay. You don't, this is not how it works here. Right. Or yeah. Just realizing that like, here's this very like 
hyper hierarchy, you know, this, these kinds of things that you get used to because you can get used to anything, right? Anything can start to seem more normal that when you're out of that situation, you realize how abnormal it is. And it can be really hard sometimes too, to not be hard on yourself and be like, why would I ever let somebody do that? And it's like, because we all do, like, we all have things like that that happen to us. So my advice to you, um, you, Rachel listeners, you know, when you have those red flags, don't ignore them. And it's okay if you can't take immediate action, right? And that's like, you have to do what's best for you. And that's the right decision for you. But, you know, also, I would, I would encourage you to seek out people who you can talk to about it. And if you have to, just like, you know, when I was a in law school and a very young attorney, I did a lot of public interest law. So I did, I was in, I, in domestic violence court a lot and, you know, learning about like those cycles of abuse and learning about all of these different factors that can affect people, you know, you have to make a plan to mm-hmm. leave. And that's, and you don't, I mean, you don't always have to, but generally speaking, you know, you need to have a plan. So, you know, find that community of people who can help you with that plan and not, not in the, I will take this out of the realm of abuse and also put that into, you know, if, if you see yourself being in the beer industry, make that plan for yourself. How are you going to do that? What is it that you want to do? How are you going to transition out of, you know, wherever you are now into the industry? And I've, I've talked with several people this year about that, where they're like, I would really like to be in the brewing industry. And, you know, I've, I've been there And I was there, you know, just a few, like very short years ago and sitting down and making that plan was exactly what like made all of the noise fall away and made my next steps a lot clearer. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is, you know, I try to balance like, yes, you should absolutely go after this. And, you know, the, the industry will be better off for having you in it. Try to balance that with like, but the reality can sometimes really fucking suck. Mm-hmm. And you can take a lot of hits along the way and you can know that you don't get positions, you know, yeah, based I mean, on that's who true. you are. I, I promise everyone out there, though, I swear to God, if you have a shitty job because you work for shitty people in the brewing industry, I promise you there's somewhere that you can get a job that is not shitty. I promise. Yes. And I that's, promise. yeah, that is you such, can do it. That's such a good thing to say too, because I um, actually last week with um, something else that, had, you know, that had happened within the industry, I was talking to my husband about it and I was like, look, I know, like, I know not all men, but like, Jesus Christ, is everybody just waiting for their chance to like sexually abuse people or, yeah. to, you know, to like, just like, is everybody just waiting and biding their time and they until they can be a, a racist piece of trash you know I was like is that because a lot of times I feel like a lot of that's Americans what I see in my day to day and then the recent years they have allowed to uh expose their cruelties and so hopefully we've gotten most of that out. right but, but yeah and I, I do promise you there are good jobs out there I'm there very are happy that people. you said that because I yes. am one of them but I am not hiring but I am one of them and I, I'm not the only one. I know of other, I could name 10 great breweries to work for in Charlotte right now. Yes. And I think that that's, there are people out there doing that work. And I know I'm part of a couple of different networks of people who are now vetting breweries for like, is this a good place to work? 
Um, is it a safe place to work? Yeah. You know, um, is- if you have any questions about any Charlotte breweries, you can reach out to me. I will answer you honestly. I, I, to the best of my knowledge, I won't make anything up, but I, I can definitely tell you who's good to work for. And yes. I've had people ask me that before. And I've had someone ask me about a certain job at a certain brewery that I was very familiar with that I was like, you will be really great at that job if they actually let you do it. Right. And that, you know, I don't know that about every brewery, but I, 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 pro- I will help in my way yes. that I can. Right. And, and that's something that I know I um, frequently will tell people, like if somebody's doing a job that you would like, or, you know, you think something is cool, just reach out, like yeah. reach out and ask because the worst that can happen is that they'll tell you like, no, you well, know, like fr- nobody's going to yeah. be like, fuck you, get out of here. I'm not telling you how to get where I am. Like nobody's going to do no, that, especially, in the but even industry. if they did, that's like the worst thing that could happen. Yeah. And then, you know, and you can be like, okay, well, I'll just file that away. Yeah. Don't apply there. Yeah. That's, um, that is a good point because I know that even now that like going to the grocery store, I'm just like, I, what beers can I buy? Because it's, it, as it turns out, you know, a, a lot of us got called to the carpet this year and we learned a lot of things about a lot of companies and, you know, like if mm-hmm. you're, if you're telling me that your form of doing the work is making the women who work for you form a committee yeah. um, to tell you how to treat them better, like that's, that is not sending me the message that you think it's sending me. Um, if, if particularly if you can't also verbalize what you as a leader are doing within your company personally to make it a better place for people that isn't asking historically excluded people to take on the onus of educating you. And when we say all this, it is coming from places of experience. Yeah. <laughs> We're not making this shit up. Right. <laughs> right. And that's, you know, that was a conversation I was having with somebody the other day where they were like, that, that can't the entire story that couldn't have happened and I'm like yeah yeah it does it happens every day and when you're not a like when you're not a shitty person and you're not a bad manager or a poor business owner who makes the easy decision over the correct decision like yeah that happens every day and you are right to be outraged by it and you are right to disbelieve that the situation happened not disbelieve the person it happened to yes But it's, you know, you hear things and I have heard some truly horrifying things in the past year and even in the past few months where I'm just like, how, how is this still happening? Like this has been brought to the light and you're on hopefully, I I don't know, I feel like so many people, I feel like everyone's under increased scrutiny. So when I hear about people doing shitty things to their employees I just think like, what, what are you thinking? Because now more than ever, there is an environment of people who are ready to not buy your beer anymore when they hear that this is how Mm -hmm. you're treating employees. And there are employees who are willing to leave, but just everybody's under more increased scrutiny and you're still doing this kind of shit. Like, do Mm -hmm. you think that it doesn't apply to you? Especially with the power of social media and how things go viral and all that these days. Right, right, exactly. But yes, a, a really good um, documentary that I watched recently is on HBO Max is 15 Minutes of Shame. Um, it's pretty quick. It's a little over an hour, but that that is a very good, I, I would highly recommend people watch that. 
Um, I've, I've known people from it's exactly like, what's either, going on, <laughs> but it's, I've known people from like either side of it who have taken different things away from it. One of the biggest things that I've taken away from it is, you know, putting this phrase on what it is that, you know, this advocacy work that we've been doing in the industry is not calling people out is calling people in. Yeah. So, like I said, you know, if I'm reaching out to you that's because I care about your business, about you, about our friendship, about whatever. It means that I care and I'm trying to give you an opportunity to, you know, hopefully grow. And I'm, it's not, that is not the same thing as calling people out. out or like bandwagoning on social media. Yeah. Those are different, very different things. Um, so yes, we're, we're starting to get a little preachy um, on this like reflections thing. So Rachel, what let's talk about 2022. Like we're, um, we're not going to leave all of that behind. Like uh, this is all still very much happening, but what do you see for the beer industry in 2022? Oh gosh. Or for yourself, for your business, for us, whatever, what are your predictions for 2022? I think there's going to be a lot of the same battles that we fight that we're doing right now. I like to, I really like to say that I think it could get better in 2022. I don't think it will. I think it's going to be a lot of the same bullshit. Um, it's also hard to see things get be- better and measure it and when know you're, that they actually are. Yeah. When you are in it every single day, it is very hard to visualize a world where you're not. Yeah, you just hear the next story. Right. You know, you're just like, oh yeah, okay. But, you know, it's whatever. I, I do the best that I can do and that's all I can do. I also am not superwoman and don't have all the energy and hours of the day or, you know, in the world, but I just want, you know, for my business, I'd like to just to see that profit go up a little bit more. <laughs> in fact, that COVID, <laughs> that COVID loan sure did get me, but, um, you know, I, this, so honestly, this year is going to be exactly the same for me as last year studying for my master test. <laughs> I am struggling to make this business work every single day. I am fighting the sexism battles that I can. Yeah. So, but things to look forward to CBC looking forward to that. Oh, my big news. I can't believe I totally forgot about it. You already know, but for oh yeah, can you, you can announce it. I th- yeah, I can announce it. Okay. This is amazing. Everybody. This is, this is amazing. truly amazing truly amazing this is going to be the highlight of my year say boston beer company as in sam adams Laga, which i have to remember the name is boston beer company not sam adams brewery but asked us little tiny pilot brewery to do a freaking collaboration with them Yay! so crazy so their pink boots conference is in charlotte in february uh five of the women that work for sam adams is are coming down for the conference and they reached out about doing a collaboration which is so amazing um the uh, megan parisi she is a board member of pink boots but she's also i i can't remember her exact title because i when she first started she was head of research and development brewery and at the jamaica location now she's at the new taproom location I think she's the head brewer I think at she's the, still, that taproom location. Yeah, I, okay. That's what I think she's doing there. For some reason, I was thinking maybe she was head of all of it. And I don't really know, but she's yes. incredible and she's yes. amazing. And we've I've, talked about Megan on yeah, the podcast she's one, before. She's one of the ladies I look up to a lot. She's very calm, cool, and collected. 
which I need to work on. And, <laughs> uh, but she's great brewer. She's, uh, worked for Sam Adams probably for the past, like, I don't know, five or six years. But when I met her, when I worked at Hardywood brewery 10 years ago, we did a collaboration together and, um, we've done a couple at that brewery. And I remember the very first time I met her, it was a brew, it was our brew day. We did a small batch beer before we did it on the large system. And we finished the brew day and it immediately hits me that I forgot to dump the sandy, the sanitizer out of the fermenter before we knock out. And everyone's like high-fiving each other. And then I just look like a ghost has seen me like this whole, <laughs> like my face just changes because I realized what happened, but I don't say anything. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. Okay. Okay. It's like my first recipe. Like this is like my first brew. Okay. Maybe my second, not. So I, I like run to the Patrick, the owner. I'm like, I like the look on my face. He could just tell. He's like, you forgot to dump the sandy, didn't you? I was like, yes. He was like, I was about to go remind you. And I forgot. And like, so then very next day we go and re-brew the beer, like the exact same thing. We don't dump the fermenter though. We kept them both to like see the difference because it won't necessarily ruin your beer depending how much is in there and all that jazz. And it didn't ruin it. Actually, it just didn't taste as good as the other one. Right. So luckily I, we had, then I had, after we had rebrewed and tried to finish the beer and drinking it with the girls, then only then did I confess my mistake. <laughs> I don't think she was that impressed with that actually, but, uh, but I well, love impressed her. enough <laughs> that you're going to do a collaboration with Boston yes. beer company, the largest craft yeah. brewery. And the, right now the plan is they'll come down here and we'll brew six barrels of it, which is my biggest batch. And then I, I believe, I don't want to say definitely because I haven't heard definitely, but I believe we'll be going up to their brewery to brew the beer there. That's, that's amazing. A, that's their idea Everybody, at least. Just they just got to get approval. Think about that. Think about this can label. Woo. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, When Rachel told me, uh, like I, like it even took me a second to like process, like, holy yeah. shit, like Sam Adams. Yeah. And then not just me though, but Jen got the best recognition in the whole world, in my opinion. Good. I always say goodwill hunting, good beer hunting, <laughs> put out a, articles about different women or people that have done awesome things in the beer industry. And Jen was recognized for all of her hard work of calling all these breweries in. <laughs> um, actually, it was not for that. I was oh, recognized sorry. for my beer judge training. Oh, yes. Yes, that's right. I don't know why I, I mixed that up. It's because that's what we've been talking about. That's right. For your beer judge training, which was awesome that you did that. Yeah, it's um, thank you for that. That was sorry. Um, you know, something that when, so Brian Roth, who's one of the editors of Good Beer Hunting, he had texted me one night and said like, hey, I need, can I call you tomorrow morning? Uh, I just need like 10 minutes of your time. And I, I was like, okay, like, oh no. <laughs> Again, <laughs> going back to me assuming everyone is mad at me all the time. It's like, yeah. what are they going to yell at me about? Um, so yeah, he called and said that he had nominated me for their signifiers, which, you know, I, I, I know what the signifiers are. And it's very cool because every year it's like, man, maybe one day I'll be a signifier, you know, and be, be recognized for something that I've done in the industry. And so it was super cool to actually see it. Yeah. And also to see all of my friends and colleagues who also got nominated. So yeah. in, you know, kind of like in our, in our brave noise group, all four of us got 
nominated for it or got selected for it and none of us knew that the other ones had been selected yeah and so then it was like seeing all four of us and we were like you know texting and just like oh my god like we all did it and like we yeah. didn't know that the other people got nominated uh so yeah that was that was super cool and it's really good um it's nice for the industry to like take notice of that yeah and that was something when I spoke with Brian he was like I want to make sure that this gets more visibility and doesn't get lost in the shuffle. So, nice. you know, that was really cool. And I actually like just last night got an email from uh, another woman who just passed her certified Cicerone, like just got her results uh, yesterday and nice. she's taken my beer judge training. And we had emailed about like a couple of questions and things like that. Um, and that like, there are several, I think that's another thing, like going back to like reflecting on last year. I mean, I, I say another woman, and I know that this has happened with us with the podcast, like how many people, like specifically women, have reached out to us to say, I just took my my level one, or I just took my level two, I'm thinking about level three, or, you know, I passed, or I took it, and I didn't pass, but I still did really well. You know, how many women took the, like their, their BJCP, either the online exam or the, and or the tasting exam this year, and like, that's the kind of thing that keeps me going because like you you mentioned earlier like seeing women leave the industry i have been very very close yeah very very close very many times this year particularly the last few months where i have just been like you know what if it's so fucking bad for everybody that i'm occupying this space then i will just leave it is not though Right, right. Yeah. But, you know, like then you get those emails or you get those DMs or those texts or the phone calls to say, yeah. like, I did this and I did it in part because of, you know, things you would put out in the universe. That's amazing. And that that means that, you know, there's one more woman at a judging table at the next mm-hmm. competition. So, yeah, that that has truly been like some days that comes at just the right time where I'm mm-hmm. just like, I'm done. I'm, I'm out. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to put up with this bullshit anymore. Yeah. And like, what, why am I even doing this? So like we were saying, like when you're deep down in it every single day, it's hard to see out mm-hmm. of it. So I, I appreciate you um, bringing that up. I, that was something that was super cool to be recognized for, because that also kind of started, I think the week after I resigned was maybe like week two of the beer judge training oh yeah and so it was like it was you know it was it and I I don't want to I'm not at all minimizing it but like this was just something that I I shouldn't say just but it was this is what my Monday night is like for the next 14 weeks and you know like getting the slides ready and doing the like doing the presentations and then answering questions and everything was like this is this is my routine and then getting out of it and being like, wow, we did that as a group of people, mostly women, not all women, but mostly women for the past three and a half months. And this mm-hmm. really, like, it gave me something else to focus on that, again, like, getting out of it was just like, wow, we really did that. You know, like, <laughs> high fives all around everyone. We, we, we got through that. And yeah, and I still hear from people who will email and say, like, I just found your videos on YouTube, which like shameless plug, they're still available for free for anybody on my YouTube channel under the Genfluence. Um, all of the BJCP videos are on there. So yeah, that that was really neat to 
to be able to receive that recognition because it's like I I I did it anyway without you know without getting recognition I'm I'm going to do it again like I would still do it because it's important to me but it's cool that somebody uh, you know multiple people in the industry recognize like how important that that work and I'm sure we'll both get more of that yes hopefully so yeah I don't doubt it hopefully so but yeah I think you know for me in the next year I have a lot of projects that I've been working on so I don't know um if well actually I I know that we haven't addressed this on the the podcast and it's not something that I've really talked about publicly I've told some people like on like on a one-off basis Uh, but after I left New Realm I was hired at Orpheus Brewing and at the end of September was laid off as part of a 30 percent reduction in their workforce. Um, I have a lot of feelings about I'm still that. so mad at them for you. Yeah. <laughs> it just it just seemed like a, one of those situations where you shouldn't have been hired in the first place due to their financials. And they should have known that because right. you were only there for what? Three months. Three months. Right. Yeah. So I and you know and again I'm I'm not going to um sure, definitely call call anyone out or in when they're not here to defend themselves. But um so you know, that was, that was a huge blow. And that was right before the master's Cicerone exam. And so I was adding, looking for a job on, on top of like studying and pandemic and, you know, the beer industry and all of that. Um, so when you also have continued to hear our intro, obviously that was something we recorded a while ago that we've never gotten around to changing. And um, it's just really like, who cares at this point? Yeah. But um, I am currently not employed full-time, but it has also given me the opportunity to focus on some projects that I've been really wanting to focus on. One of those is making the beer judge training a course, like an on-demand course um, that will hopefully when this episode comes out will be available, but I won't, I won't turn this into a plug for that, but, you know, just realizing a lot of those goals that I've had. And like I said, getting them down on paper and figuring out how to make them happen. So I'm hoping that for 2022, a lot of those things will like almost like uh, some of them out, out of necessity, like, you know, being kind of on my own for the past few months and like scraping by, like, I will be honest, like, you know, being unemployed and not having an income um, is not easy and <laughs> it's not fun, but it, there are things now where it's like, oh, I, I can generate income doing what I do best. And I don't have to do that with a company. Um, you know, I don't have to be constrained by somebody else. I can just make a go of it on my own. Um, so for me, that's something that I'm, I'm excited about in 2022. And it's kind of like, uh, I remember reading an interview, I think it was with Dave Navarro. Is that the, the guy with like the eyeliner and all the tattoos? I don't know. Uh, the musician. I, I'm sure. I'm almost positive. I'm thinking of the of the right. I'm matching the right person with the uh, with the guy. But he in an interview, like so, he's covered. You know, like head to toe in tattoos. And he said he wanted to be a musician, so he started getting a lot of tattoos because <laughs> then he wouldn't be able to like chicken out or give up on it because <laughs> nobody would hire somebody with all of these tattoos. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at now where I'm like, well, I guess being outspoken about not wanting to be treated like shit makes me a liability um, to a lot of these companies who I've talked to. And, you know, a lot of the tables I've set across from, from men who 
um, want to know if I'm going to get angry and post on social media about them because they fundamentally misunderstand what advocacy work is. Uh, but, you know, I guess I've just made myself so unemployable that now I'm going to have to make it work on my own. <laughs> well, eventually we'll have our farm brewery. Yes, exactly. So that, that is still happening. That is still very much our future goals. I even told Tom's mom about it. Yeah. <laughs> Disclaimer, she was hanging out at the brewery with, right. for an event, right. but yes, and I, but, I didn't know what else to talk about. <laughs> but, you know, that is um, along those lines, that's one of the doing some of that educational work that we've talked about doing for our farm brewery that that's on my slate for this upcoming year is making that happen in my own way to help help us build toward that goal. So I know we're going um, a, a little long. Um, again, neither Rachel nor I is very like sunshiny today, but we were in the mood to talk. Um, the, I think the last thing I will say about the industry going forward is, you know, two of my job, well, one perspective position and the job that I had at Orpheus, I got because I sent my resume just completely like cold called and said, Oh yeah. Hello, here's my resume. I did that. I like you. I like your brewery. I think that our values align. If you ever have a space for me, let me know. And, you know, both of those situations, I got a a response back that was like, let's talk. Yeah. So that is very much how I got my job at Noda Brewing Company. Everybody, I courted them. They were not hiring. I got lucky. It was a good time, but do it. Just it. ask. What are they okay. going to like? The worst they don't thing that's have going to, to be actively hiring. Right. You never the, know what the worst thing for. that's going to happen is somebody's going to read your email and put it in the trash. And yeah, which so you've asked. I get emails likely, all the time. That's not the case. I get emails. I get re- resumes all the time. I politely decline. You know, we haven't hired anybody in like Several. two years. Yeah. <laughs> so, and right. we don't play it on it. But luckily, I only have three jobs. So it's not like it's big need, but right. Exactly. So, you know, if that, again, if somebody's doing what you want to do in the industry, if you want to learn how they got there, ask, mm-hmm. you, you never bother me. If you ask me how, how did you do it? You know, we can have a conversation about it. Uh, I have also connected people who have said, Hey, I've been working here. I think I would like to work here. And I, you know, if I know somebody I can say, all right, let me send an email and you mm-hmm. can ask, you can learn about what it takes to, to be in this position. Um, so do that for yourself for 2022, show up and, you know, and just email and ask and, you know, and whatever the outcome is, learn from that and move forward. Um, with that, we will wrap it up because they know we've got, we've been on here for like almost three hours at this point, I think. So um, these will be very long episodes, but <laughs> thank you everyone for listening. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at false bottom girls. You can email us false bottom girls at gmail.com. And you can also visit our website, falsebottomgirls.com to learn more about the podcast and look at the other resources that we have on there. Uh, thank you to all of our Patreons and I don't have all of your names in front of me right now, but we definitely appreciate you and make this your new year's resolution to like rate subscribe review i think i was a little redundant there um but (laughs) please wherever you listen to podcasts give us a rating um please leave us a review 
please subscribe. It helps move us up in the algorithm so more people can learn about our podcast. It really only takes a couple of minutes. I don't even know if it takes two minutes, um, but it's, it's very helpful for us. So that's a New Year's resolution you can make and accomplish in like five minutes. Uh, so when, once you're finished listening to this, unless you're driving, then wait until you're finished driving. Um, please take a couple of minutes to do that for us. We would greatly appreciate it. So that's it, Rachel. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. This has been False Bottom Girls. And we make the Bruin world go round. <laughs>